Well, we'll hear a couple more jingles, but I'll go ahead as they're finishing up and just kind of get started. I don't know if anybody has ever seen that sign on your cell phone. You ever pulled up Google Maps or your, your map on your iTunes and you set a destination and it puts this little icon on, you, on your phone for where you're going, a waypoint, if you will, whatever you want to call them. Anyway, um, a few weeks ago, I talked and, and shared just about the purposes and plans that God had for our church. And, and I flat out said that I believe God is taking our church somewhere. We talked about Abram and how God told Abram to go to a specific place. And so sometimes when we're going somewhere, we need to know how we're getting there. It's important to know how we're getting to where God is taking us. It's important to know uh, what, well, where we're going or, or why or how or what we're doing. And, and sometimes I think in, in church, we miss the direction. I did a little bit of math. I'm a math guy. Uh, Cambry's in here. Geometry. I did some geometry this week. So don't say you won't use geometry one day. I'm a pastor and I did geometry today. Okay? It's important. Now we look at these two angles up there. Those are two angles. And I'm going to tell you, for most of your eyes, those look exactly the same, don't they? I mean, when I look at that, they look just the same. The, the problem is, this angle right here is a 90 degree angle. Everybody likes 90 degree angles. In geometry, they're the best. This angle right here is an 89 degree angle. And when we look at something that close, that one degree off, really it doesn't matter. I did some geometry. Like I said, I used tangents this week. Tangent times the, the angle or the line that's adjacent, it, it, it'll give us the, the, the distance or the variance of an angle. And so sometimes it's important to know we're going and it's important to maintain our direction. It's important that we keep on the course that God sent us to accomplish because sometimes a, a difference of simply one degree doesn't sound that much. I mean, we can't tell much of a difference. Over a foot, not that big of a deal. 0.2 inches. Like what's the big deal? Over a mile, one mile, 92 feet will be from our objective. So if we set out on a goal and we're just one degree off, 92 feet. So I believe God's got big plans for our church and I believe that, that our church is going to be doing some great things. So I looked at what if we went around the world? So we set out around the world from Crawford, Nebraska, one degree off. Guess where we end up? Somewhere between Omaha or Lincoln. Because we were one degree. Just one little degree off of where we set out to accomplish. As a church, as a pastor, it's important to me that as we move forward that we're maintaining our direction that we're maintaining the course that God designed, that God has given us to go. And that as we go, everything that we're doing, we're making sure we're staying on course. Some churches call that the purpose, why they are there, what they're doing. 
I want to spend a few weeks together looking at our direction, our purpose. The, the, the reality that you'll hear me say is I want to keep the main thing the main thing. So often we can look at churches or organizations or whatever and we wonder how they got to where they're at. Martin Luther. Remember the story of Martin Luther, the 95 Theses, where he went up and he, he nailed him to the, to, the, to the wall of the church. And at some point, he looked at the church and he said, this is not what we set out to accomplish. This isn't the way that we were headed. And he was confused and it started the Protestant Reformation. It started a lot of, a lot of stuff with, 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 within the church. But the reality is we can see that same idea in churches all over the place. We're in organisms, or organizations, or organisms, I guess, all over the place. Where suddenly we lose focus. The main thing is no longer the main thing. And we get off on a tangent. Oh, there's that word again. And suddenly we're somewhere we never expected to be. Sometimes we make buildings the main thing. Sometimes we make doctrine the main thing. Sometimes we make finances the main thing. Sometimes we make paint the main thing. Sometimes we make change the main thing. Sometimes we make coffee the main thing. You know what I'm saying? Too often at times we get distracted from the main thing. It may not be a big shift. It may just be a minor shift. But we wonder as we walk why we're so far from where we're going. So as I've said as a pastor, I believe God is, is, is doing something in the midst of something incredible, leading us to a place that, that, that only He knows. But, but I want to be going the right direction. About seven or eight years ago, I've been pastoring here for nine years now, I realized I had a focus on direction, purpose, whatever. And I started praying, God, give me a purpose statement. You know, like pastors, we're supposed to have these creative, catchy purposes purpose statements so everybody can remember them and they want to come to our church because our slogan's the best. Marketing's not the main thing. And so I prayed and I, and I, and I, and I started praying to God and I, and I heard from Him. I was driving back from Scott's Bluff. Remember it. And I was praying about, okay, God, where am I leading the church? Like, what is, what is the main thing for Christ Community Church? And He said something to me. You ever had a thought you thought was novel and then you found out it wasn't novel at all? Like, oh, this is good. That's good. Then I looked for the marketing side of it and I saw it was like every church in America. He said the main thing, Pastor Matthew, chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. This is Jesus' words. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. This is the first and greatest directive. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law of the prophets hang on these two commandments. As as I was driving my vehicle back from Scott's Bluff, I heard God say to me, Just focus on loving God and loving people. Like, what if that was our focus? I mean, it wasn't about what we're singing. It wasn't about what we're doing. Our focus, the entirety of our focus, the main thing that we're setting out to accomplish is as simple. I said, God, that's too easy. 
That's like elementary. He said the main thing for Christ Community Church, this is what he said to me as a leader, everything we set out to accomplish is going to be based on loving him and loving people. If we get distracted on doing things that aren't about loving God or loving people, and then it led to a later revelation of making an impact, which I believe is the result, that's the product of loving God and loving people, is that we begin to make an impact in our world. That's the outward evidence of what God's doing. But the reality is, He was telling me, if you can just stay focused on these two things, love God, love people, you'll be moving in the right direction. And when your board member gets a little goofy and you gotta gotta pull them aside or whatever, and you, you just say, We're focused on loving God. Carrie got nervous there, Casey. I was looking at you, but Carrie got nervous. <laughs> Mary's not here, so we can just say I was talking about Mary, right? And that never happened. It never happened. I want to focus on the main thing. When we come to church on Sunday and we don't know where to park because it's growing too fast and we haven't figured out parking quite yet. And we get discouraged because we've got to walk and there's snow on the ground and it's slippery. The main thing, I want to love God. If we come together on a Sunday morning and we haven't loved God and we haven't loved people, we haven't accomplished anything. We've missed the mark. We haven't ended up on that place where God wanted us to be today. And if we become content with missing the mark, then we're going to miss the mark time and time again. And we're never going to get to the place that God desires for us to be. We're going to be standing in the middle of Omaha looking for Crawford, Nebraska. They don't even know where Crawford is in Omaha. I'm not choking. <laughs> they might recognize the fort, but they don't know Crawford. I mean, I don't want to be in the middle of the city when God's got a specific place for me. So I just want to spend a few weeks coming back to these purposes. We can talk about pressing on and we can talk about moving forward and we can talk about the plans, the north, the south, the east, and the west. But if we're not sure the direction, we're going to miss the mark. The purpose that God has for our church to love God, love people. I will say, I'll brag on my kids this morning because I usually get to make fun of when I'm preaching. Carol hasn't been able to be at church for a while. She's at the nursing home. And when it snows, snow and nursing homes don't go well together. So Carol's here this morning. You know what? She came into church and said, your kids made me feel so special today. They were outside throwing paper airplanes because no one else was here yet. And Carol came up and all my kids ran over and gave her a hug. Loving God and loving people. I guarantee we make an impact in our world. Loving God and loving people, I guarantee it makes an impact in our world. And so as a pastor, I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page. You know, we go to a church and we might go for a a reason. Here's where we're going. Here's the very purpose. Here's what everything in our church is about. It's about loving God. 
Well, that doesn't sound too complicated. Right? I mean, loving God. Well, actually, when you start thinking about it, for some, I think it really can be complicated. I mean, how do I, how do I love God? How do I love the Creator? We sing about God and how incredible He is and what He's created and He's so big and I'm not worthy. How do I ever love God? I mean, love in our world, it's, it's defined. We were talking about the word joy in Sunday school. A lot of times, God's understanding or the Word's understanding of a, of a particular idea is way different than the world's understanding. You hear what I'm saying? The Word's understanding versus the world's understanding, they don't really align. I love apple pie. I love the Cincinnati Bengals. I loved my Jeep Wrangler that my wife made me sell. I love my wife. How do we love chocolate and love our wife? How do I love to fish and love God? I mean, it's such a really... I mean, when we start to think about it, so much of what we've defined as love is how something makes us feel. And so because chocolate makes me feel good, I love chocolate. Because fishing makes me feel good when I'm not sitting next to Walt, I love fishing. I'm saying that because he catches more fish than me, okay? Let's be honest. Watch it. When my wife makes me feel good, I love my wife. But when it's based on how we feel, is it truly love? Because there are times I promise my wife doesn't make me feel good. When she makes me sell my Jeep. But I still love her. And until we start to fully comprehend what, what love is and, and what, what, what love really means, if we can't get rid of the world's understanding of love and start looking at the Word's understanding of love, it's going to be impossible to love God and love people because I can promise you as a pastor, sometimes people don't make you feel good. So if that's what we're defining love by, if that's what we're defining our experience with God by, then we're missing genuine love with God. When we come together, I want to love God. Well, how? Well, this isn't a new thing. We talked about the Old Testament and we talked about Abram. When Moses got this same directive, he said, Hear, O Israel, be careful to obey so that it may go well with you. You may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord your God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Lord, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. My desire, church, is that we begin to love God with all.
That when we come together, whether it's in Sunday school, whether it's in the foyer as we're talking, whether it's in worship or as pastors preaching, that in some way we're loving God. Whether it's by getting up out of church on a Sunday morning when it's cold outside and there's snow on our car and we still want to go because we expect that we're going to experience Him. There's something about loving God. And if we can come together on a Sunday morning and not love God, Stay home. Beth, you can't say that. Yeah, I can. I want to stay home too if that's not what we're going to experience. If we're not going to go where God wants us to go, if we're not going to follow the direction that I believe God, He he spoke this in the Old Testament, He speaks it in the New Testament, really the reality is that He desires us to love Him. If we can't accomplish that, let's reevaluate our direction. Let's look for a different organization or a different purpose. But as our church, that's what we're here to do. I want us to love God. And love God not just a little bit, but love God with all. He said with all his heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. And in the New Testament, he says with all of our strength. When was the last time you genuinely, how about consciously, loved God with all? There's one thing about doing life with my wife. You know, love, it happens naturally, right? Sometimes. Sometimes it's supernatural. (laughs) I love you. This afternoon, it'll be supernatural for her to love me. Now I lost my train of thought. I got lost in her eyes. She's so beautiful. Sometimes you have to be conscious about your love. Sometimes when you stop and take a moment to acknowledge your love, to affirm your love, to demonstrate your love, when you love them with all, doesn't that speak? You know, when you don't want to sell your Jeep, but your wife tells you to sell your Jeep and you sell it, man, that was a big eye roll. Well, the other last night, I was telling myself, I was not a sappy romantic. We, we got a picture of our wedding when we kissed. Didn't want to do that at the wedding, but I had to. It was a picture above our bed of that moment. Sorry, she's going to correct me because that's what wives do. I love you. Anyway, looking at that moment, I said, Tam, like, what if we could talk to them today? I'm like, what would you tell them? Now the smart aleck in me, get out and run as fast as you can. Right? I mean, isn't that what, what us men, we tend to focus on, like, Kids are coming. Crawford's coming. (laughs) You ain't got no clue what God's about to do. (laughs) Romantic pastor. I said, I think I'd tell myself you can love her more than you do in that moment. You see, sometimes being intentional 
about demonstrating our love is powerful. How often are we intentional about expressing love to God? Like how often are we intentional about taking a moment to to express our love to Him? But how? I mean, seriously, God is so big. I can't just wrap my arms around Him in some ways and hug His neck and tell Him we struggle with that. I'll tell you this. We love because He loved us first. I'm talking about my wife. Let's just lay it all out there. I've told this story before, so some of you know it. When we dated, I decided I didn't want to tell anyone else that I loved them. I'd already told two girls in my life that I loved them. I didn't want to tell anybody else that I loved them. So it was this weird dissonance in our relationship as we're dating. Pam hasn't dated anybody, so she's never said those magical words. So it was a big deal. I told her, I'm not telling you that unless I mean it. And one day we were, we were standing and she said, I'm so tired of this, I love you. That's good. Appreciate that. I will tell you that when I came to tell her I loved her, which I don't remember how long after that moment it was, but it was not in that moment and it was not the next day. It's a lot easier to say you love someone when they've told you they loved you first. I can promise you can express your love to the Father because He said He loved you first. John 3.16 For God so loved the world, He gave His one and only Son. Whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 5 You see, at just the right time, When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates, He demonstrates, He demonstrates, He's demonstrating His love to you that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loved you first. Not only did He love you, but He told you He loved you first. I might have loved Tam first, but she was the first one to say it. She said, no, I loved you for a long time. It's going to be a good day in the Mallory household. That's all I got to say. Let me tell you, we can love God because He loved you first. If you're afraid to love, if you're afraid of what this expression of love might look like or what this expression of love might mean, let me assure you that He loved you first. Let me assure you that He loved you when you weren't lovable. Let me assure you He loved you when you were making mistakes. And in that moment, He said, I love you. How much do I love you? Let me count the ways. Let me send my Son, Jesus Christ, to die so that we can be together. He's demonstrated His love for you. So what do we do? You can love Him because He loved you first. I talked about love based on the way it makes me feel. Why? 
do we, do we see love so skewed? Because the reality is at some point love becomes a choice. At some point love becomes a decision. At some point love becomes a main thing. And I'm not going to get distracted. And it doesn't matter if I don't feel the same way or I don't look the same way or whatever else. I'm going, I'm going to love. And so love goes from, from just being this way it makes me feel to a choice. So how do I choose to love God? Very practical. I don't know how to love God, Pastor. I'm going to tell you. John, if you don't like this, blame John. You can look him up on Google and you can send him a message. I'm sure he'll respond. These are John's words, not pastor's words. How do we love God? We love God by making a choice. What is that choice? He said in John 15, 13, greater love is this, uh, no one than this, to lay down one's life for his friends. The choice is to, to lay down yourself. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. Are you willing to lay down yourself? That's called submission. Submission, I know, in today's world, it's kind of a bad word. It's kind of one of those words that people don't like to talk about. Laying down myself, laying down my life for my Savior, saying to God that you're smarter than me and you know what direction I need to go in, saying to God that you've got this even when it doesn't seem possible or plausible, saying to God that, yes, I've always desired to be this, but I'm going to trust that you'll move me in the right direction and place me in the right place so that your will can be accomplished in my life. Yes, it makes me feel good to be here, but if you call me to Crawford, Nebraska, then I'll go. Something about laying down self. That's how we demonstrate love. I'm going to use a word we don't like even more than love. Not love, submission, sorry. John chapter 14. Here's where you can email John. If you love me, keep my commands. He says in that same chapter, on the day you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and I will show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. How do I show God I love Him? How do I show the Almighty, the Omnipotent, the Incredible, the Creator that I love Him? Wait. That's law, right, Pastor? No. I obey His commands. I don't obey them for where they get me. I obey them because of who He is. I'm declaring love to God by obeying His teachings. We think of demonstration of love as smooch, smooch, hugs kisses, gifts, whatever else. Think of a demonstration of love to the Father by obeying His commands. 
I don't know that we equate obedience with a demonstration of love to God. That by obeying Him, by doing what He's asked, I'm declaring that myself, I'm, I'm dying to self, right, at times, because His ways and mine, they don't usually come together until I let Him talk to me a lot. That by obeying God, I'm showing Him my love. I'm actively demonstrating, I'm radically at times demonstrating love to God. Well, Pastor, I don't know that it's that radical to not steal or to not whatever. What about when God says to go talk to them? What about when God says... Uh, <laughs> to no longer to do this or to do that? What about when, when God says that I want to use you? What about when God places an idea in your heart and you're like, that doesn't make any sense and I can't do that until this, 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 and this happens? Sometimes the greatest way to show love to the Father is to simply obey His Word. And if you don't know His Word, then you can't obey it. I get it. So what do I have to do? I have to read His Word, right? And when I'm reading His Word, I don't like what I read. It doesn't mean I just turn the page. It means I process through what is God speaking to me in His Word. John. Well, I highlighted that over and over so you can see that. First John, this is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out His commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. And Second John, he says, this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you've heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. If we're going to have, if we're going to love God, if we're going to be a church who says we love God, we have to be listening to his voice. If we're going to be a church who says that we love God or that we want to go where God is taking us to go, we're going to have to listen to His voice and obey His commands. And when God says do something, if it seems too radical for us or too out of our box, because I promise, sometimes it's not going to be what you think. And sometimes He's going to say, this is where I want you to go and we're going to start walking the way we've always walked. And he's going to say, that's not the direction you're supposed to be stepping. And we're going to say, God, this isn't familiar and this is uncomfortable. And there's like briars and there's like stickers on this path. And there's a nice paved sidewalk over there that we could take. And he's going to say, are you going to obey me? And he's going to tell us to to, to change or he's going to tell us to reach in, in places that we never dreamed we should reach. He's going to talk about the things that we're doing and we're going to say, God, we've always done it this way. And he's going to say, but will you obey me? And I want my answer to be yes. I want my submission to be a demonstration of love to the Father. My submission to God because of who God is. Not because of where we're going, but because of who God is and my trust in Him. You guys can come forward, Walton Carey. Jesus replied, we read it, love the Lord your God with all.
with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. We've been here for a while. We've been in church for a while today. There's been plenty of opportunities to express love to God, but maybe you say, yeah, I still didn't get there. I hope that this morning, before you leave, before you get on with your week, before you go have lunch or whatever you're doing today, that you take a moment and you're intentional. You're intentional about expressing love to the Father. You know, it's interesting. I think Gary Chapman, I think is his name, he made millions of dollars writing about love languages and Sometimes we express our love through words and sometimes we express our love through acts of service and sometimes we express our, our, our love through quality time and physical touch. What was the other one I meant? Gifts. Giving gifts, whatever it is. Sorry. This morning, I, I just encourage you to take a moment to intentionally love God. It might be a word. It might be just speaking out, saying, God, I, I love you. And that might be a huge step of faith. It might be as they, as they sing the chorus, singing the chorus, and, and in letting love be defined not by how you feel, but by, by your, your desire, your, your, your choice that He is Lord. For some, your act of love this morning might be radical obedience. It might be that thing that God's been speaking to you that been resonating in your heart, maybe even this morning, it's resonating in you like the reality that God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, to die for you, that that He he desires you to choose Him. And radical obedience this morning is saying, God, I I choose you. I want to do what you've asked me to do. I want to go where you asked me to go. I want to, to, to experience what you desire for me to experience. And radical obedience is a demonstration of love to the Father. Whatever it is, we're here to love God. Father, I come to you this morning and I thank you for each of us. God, I thank you for the main thing. Thank you for moments where we can see how simple the main thing really is. So many times we miss the mark. So many times we just veer off course. This morning, God, I pray the main thing be the main thing. God, I pray that each of us take a moment to express our love to you. But each of us, in the way that you desire, in the way that we're created, in the way that we are, we express we tell, we acknowledge, we affirm our love to you. It's in Jesus' name. As they lead us in this course, I just encourage you. If you say, Pastor, I want to pray with you about, about obedience, I'm up here to pray. If you're feeling or sensing that God is speaking to you about obedience, and you say, I just need someone that's going to walk with me, I want to walk with you. Other than that, experience, encounter, express your love to the Father.
promise will never miss the mark. Loving God. We'll never miss the mark expressing our love to Him. We talked about joy in Sunday school. It's the wholeness of God, the purpose of God. We fulfill the very purpose God made us for by expressing love to Him. The Lord bless you and keep you. May He make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May He turn His face towards you and grant you His peace. And may you love God intentionally, radically, wholeheartedly, obediently this week in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Be blessed.